oh no, Miles and I need to record a podcast about something. What are we going to record a podcast about? It has to be about an anime. Oh, but what anime? Could it be any anime? Of course, it will be this anime. We're talking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. everybody and welcome back to your new favorite show it was me drew the whole time and you're listening to the more you nerd where we are in the middle of anime april talking about the first four episodes of the 2012 anime series jojo's bizarre adventure based on the manga of the same name that started in the late 80s but i can't do this alone for every jojo there is a dio Miles, how are you, man? Shocked. I am positively flabbergasted over this week's episode. So let's let's get down and dirty. We're going to do a little bit of history just because this is a, a manga that that has had been around for years before it got started getting animated and and has really taken on a life of its own. Uh, Miles and I talked about this a little bit uh, last week. We have seen the memes. We have seen the 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 images, the 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 stuff about this. And Miles, how do you feel about the art in this? So what's odd is when I saw images from this show or the manga or I'd see posters at uh, nerd novelty shops, I, I just always just looked at Yeah, it's not for me. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, that, that kind of late 80s Fist of the North Star style that I just don't always really jive with. And so especially G- when gi- it was g- gigantic, broad, brick shouldered people with itty right. bitty waists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I traditionally like like I said last week is is there is a, a, a sect of like popular anime that I just don't really connect with or care for. And so I just assumed this was going to be like that. So I just flat out just didn't watch it. And this also came in a different era of Toonami. So what was playing on Cartoon Network wasn't really on my radar, even though I've known of this franchise for a long time because video games and other things have proliferated to the States for a while before this show came out. But the show really exploded over the last decade for sure. And I just I was like, yeah, OK, this is another popular anime that I'm just not going to be super interested in. Yeah, because it, it didn't start airing in the U.S. until October of 2016. So even then, we are. Yeah, talking, it's, it's definitely it's definitely one of the newer ones on our list, but it felt but, like such a tsunami well, show. It, it felt like a tsunami show. It's it, like the, the original manga started in 1987. What we watched or the first four episodes of is is an adaptation from 2012 of a manga from 1987 that we watched that aired in the US in 2016 that we watched in 2022. Like this is one of the like wildest start to finish (laughs) things that we're doing. Um, And, and this show has one of the most evil characters in history. One of the most like good guy characters and everybody's huge. And they, there is no, you say that, but they are kind of standard, like late 80s 
animated good guys and bad guys. Sure, sure, sure. But and I think I think Miles, you, we're we're dancing around this, but <laughs> everything is stacked against the show when it comes to the two of us liking it. Yeah, and we have both said this to one another. I when I'm watching the show, I'm like, I should actively. I feel like everything in my body is telling me to actively hate this show. But and yes, my but my heart is like, boy, oh boy, am I loving everything right now? This show is great, and I struggle to explain why <laughs> this show. Yeah, well, this is going to be fun because you know there are things that I can. I, so last week was a show that I I didn't connect with, but I understood why it had a fandom. And so I expected to have a similar thing, but also to be like, oh, I was very put off by the art style. This is just not my thing. I was expecting a superficial anime in the way that I read Dragon Ball Z and I've never connected with. And this even has similar like unsubtle storytelling conventions that Dragon Ball Z uses. But for whatever reason, (laughs) this show does it so much better. Oh, there is zero subtlety in this show so far. You have characters that are literally explaining like there's a lot of ideas of show don't tell. This show tells and tells and tells, but but somehow it's it's extremely honest about what it's doing. Like Dio as a bad guy is just bad and he's never good and he's always evil. (laughs) And he's always the most evil guy that it's in the room. And and what's wild and we're going to get into this like the, the show will sometimes or at least in the second episode, you know, it takes place seven years later and things happen where I'm like, what is going on in the cold open? Like and and it takes about five minutes. Yeah. For let, it to, let's, let's save it. Let's save it. Let's yeah, save yeah. it. But I, so there, there is the aspect of that. I was so surprised how, how much this show just absolutely charmed and delighted me, um, like made my day better. But the, another thing that I thought I would hold against the show was its art style. But because of it being a modern anime, there are some things that just make this art style sparkle. And part of it is it's it's surreal use of colors in certain scenes. And I there is that. But even just the regular motion of these characters, just without everything being super scratchy for me. Uh, for whatever reason, that was always something that turned me off in late 80s anime. Again, like Fist of the North Star. Um, because this this art style is very fist the North Star meets like Akira Toriyama's art style. But the and but, but that, you that you is not couple, my bag. You couple that with just some of the wild costumes that happen in this show. Just but that but the quality of the animation and the smoothness of how it's animated in terms of like how these characters are portrayed and how they move because the animation still looks like it has a little bit of a, a lower budget because. Everything's not always moving. It still just looks so good. And they take advantage of that art style in a, in a, in a way that that works. And I, I think in a, a less. A less artistic hand would have completely fallen flat to me, yeah. because that was something I expected to have the biggest grudge against. And I love the way this show looks <laughs> like I can't can't explain it like i i really i really did not expect to 
I did not expect to 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 be as into this as as I am. And I want to watch more. I would not be surprised if there was not a long play of this show in our future. I am into <laughs> this because apparently miles and this is something that i uh, that i talked to somebody about who was i asked because because i, I is somebody that I, that I work with that, that's into anime and he's like oh yeah this show is great especially when you get into this and this and this and it's like we're 50 episodes from what he's talking about which is when what most of the stuff that we that that the show is known for like when the show gets good in air quotes which I say out loud because um, Miles can see somebody else. This show starts off but this like show just, amazing. It, it's I, I can't I can't I can't believe it. I cannot and, believe how much I like this. And I understand there's like a whole timeline of like different uh, people of the Joe Star family and stuff. But this the, honestly, the way it's sounding is like this is basically an unofficial Castlevania anime. Yeah. Okay. So let's <laughs> let's talk a little bit about the background and let's get into episode one. So JoJo's Bizarre Adventure started in 1987. Uh, it is a a uh, a manga written by Hirohiki Araki uh and it, it follows the members of the Joestar family starting in with the arc the Phantom Blood arc which is the, what we were watching adapted Jonathan Joestar uh which takes place in in late 1800s England uh as uh Jonathan who was the son of a wealthy landowner uh meets his adopted brother Dio Brando who is the son of uh, we'll get into that when we get into to, to the episode, who's the son of a of a of a vagabond thief from London and. Uh, things ensue, I'm not exactly sure how to say it, except uh, there is a stone mask that that gets involved that uh, is very important to the plot of the rest of the the campaign. And as the as as the volumes go on, the next volume is jonathan's grandson and then it, uh, joseph and then it's joseph's grandson and then there are a whole bunch of other uh, other takes that are some are illegitimate children some are are you know other other members of the joestar family that all seem to have a name that could be shortened to jojo <laughs> so uh like jotaro kujo who is sort of the he's he's the the star of the the third arc stardust crusaders which i think is known as the 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 most popular arc it's the longest running it's the one that that uh uh like it's it ran from 89 to 92 in the manga it it, it it's the one that that where all the the stand powers are introduced uh which are kind of the one of the iconic things of the series um but yeah we haven't got even gotten there yet we are no, back. yeah we, we're 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 we, we basically just got uh introduced to to hamon yeah so <laughs> and like the episode we watched like jojo is like just kind of learning how to use it yeah so let's start with episode one it's 1868 there is a carriage in a in a rainy stormy england back back country that falls off a cliff because of the downpour and a thief named Dario Brando has come to investigate <laughs> the crash scene with some lady uh and oh they find they find this man dead on the ground uh and and they and a lady in the carriage that's dead and they're like oh these people are rich so let's take what we can from them and all of a sudden a hand reaches up and grabs him it's George Joestar, 
of the Joestar family who not, survived the crash as well as his 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 infant son, uh, but his his wife in the process has died. He thinks that Dario has come to save him uh, from from the crash, uh, thinking he's a good Samaritan. Uh, and George off- offers uh, to help him in, in any way that he needs, um, which is weird and very like sh- short minded, short minded. Is that mm-hmm. a term uh, of, of old uh, George? Naive. naive yeah. Uh, so we we flash forward 12 years later uh, to see that uh that they're you know we're we're in london and we see this this young man named dio brando son of dario who is uh arguing with his father who seeming is who is seemingly on his deathbed and as a, a, a dario an alcoholic uh yelling at his son and as he as he he passes away he gives him a letter says take this to george joestar and there's a lot there's a lot that happens in these first five minutes of the show <laughs> and they they talk over almost all of it um but then we get to we get to basically the the the, the crux of it dio is adopted by george joestar father of our main character jonathan joestar aka jojo uh as, as the two of them are started to be raised together as george is attempting to pay back dario for quote saving his life or helping him um even though we we know in the real world that that is not what happened what happened yeah um miles dio well let's talk about so yeah so first first things first is this series has a wonderful habit of naming characters off after popular musical artists and i gotta i cannot tell you how tickled i am to have your big bad named after an iconic metal singer dio was rocked for a long long time yeah you know what's so funny i I knew that that reference you were gonna make um (laughs) I, i i understand that licensing is is problematic to say the least but i would have loved at some point in time and maybe it will happen to just hear a little bit of holy diver as dio is like rising with all his power and you just want to hear that i would not be surprised in this show because we'll get to it at the end of this episode happens i we will automatically do this again um because i well, I also know that my favorite band has an appearance at some point in time, uh, Green Day, which apparently appears with Pearl Jam, because um, why not? So I, I do love that. And having Dio. So one thing about this show and Drew, I think, mentioned it. I mentioned it is the unsubtlety. This show is in some ways the. A living representation of what people think about anime. <laughs> and i mean that with all the love so, in the world so but like if you remember any stereotype you've ever seen <laughs> so the stereotype that i think miles is referencing is think back to when people described anime and i'm going to call out speed racer specifically mm-hmm, where every mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. where they were just trying to to match the lip movements and say things but not outside of that even when it's like oh, every time racer x from speed racer came on there was this side this little side bit of Ah, it's Racer X, who unbeknownst to Steve, or who unbeknownst to Speed is is Speed's 
older brother, Rex Racer, now operating under the secret alias of Racer X. Like, oh, they just explain everything. It Like, there was a, a, a either on-camera or off-camera narrator talking about exactly what is going on, even though we're watching it, even though we're seeing it happen. We're, we're they're still explaining every single moment of the show and the wild thing because there are moments uh, so in the second episode i mean we don't have to go beat by beat um so well i, I, want, I do want to talk about the first episode because i want okay. to get to a crescendo moment about when i okay when, well, when so i realized weirdest- when i realized that i loved this show um because it happens in the first episode so Basically, I, I was a little trepidatious because because so when we're introduced to Jonathan Joestar, you know, he sees this girl getting picked on. He tries to help her, gets the crap kicked out of him. And he and then he's like, I don't need your pity. I was just doing the gentlemanly thing and just being just a real prick about it. And I was like, well, I don't really care for this character. All right. And and you kind of see that he's a little bit of an F up in his in his father's eyes in terms of being a gentleman. And so you're kind of conflicted because you also see this guy, Dio, who's had a real rough and tumble life. He's had this horrible father who's like, this is your one chance to make your like make something out of your life. And you're like, okay, well, this 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 could be interesting. But I want to pause. I want to pause there, Miles, because, yes, I was in the same boat as you thinking, okay, so there's going to be a little I know we might feel a little bad for for Dio uh because he has had this rough childhood and, and all of this and and he's going to come across jo- jo- jonathan who is this you know spoiled rich kid who oh his dad's a little mean to him blah blah blah, blah. but miles what happens the first moment that dio and jonathan meet for the very first time he kicks his dog <laughs> he, he knees his dog in the face <laughs> Johnny Jojo's dog Danny, a sweet old hound, just gets the his clock rung, his bell rung by a, a knee to to the face from Dio, f- just cementing that no, there's no subtlety here. Dio no. is evil. He is the bad guy. You are never supposed to like him. <laughs> well, and I like I like this kind of uh, this take on the good son because. The cool thing is it's it's too it's a show of dominance to Jojo, who, for whatever reason, Dio didn't think, hey, maybe I should try to schmooze this kid, too. No, no, he just does that in front of of Papa Joestar and who who is charmed by Dio because Dio does know how to act. He knows how to be a mannered gentleman. And so while like, especially like at dinner that night where (laughs) Jonathan is just chowing down like a rabid animal, you see Dio sipping his wine, using his fork and and knife the right way. And (laughs) Papa Joe starts sends Dio, sends uh, Jonathan away without dinner because he can't bear the sight of him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like it's it's like he cuts his food wrong and he knocks his drink over and it's just like get out of here <laughs> um but between dio and johnny there is a clear animosity that it's just it i i kind of expected this to be an ongoing kind of small game that dio would play no 
Not a, not even a little bit at the beginning. It is just constant. Like, no, no, you and I are not friends. And, well, and, and and it goes it goes so far and like we are also introduced to the character Irina who is the the girl that that Jojo saved from from being attacked at the beginning and then got the the snot beat out of him they end up you know becoming very friendly and they they never they they, they don't ever cross that line uh, into into romance at that point but Dio gets gets word of this and forces a kiss onto her which is which he is sexually assaults her yes which is is gross and bad but it's this whole thing for dio because he's stolen her first kiss and now jojo will never have it and then like it's it's messed up it yeah. is messed up and they get they get into this huge fight uh about about uh you know this and and uh and and jojo finally beats up dio uh like finally overpowers him and and beats him in a fight and then and gets yelled at for, for for overdoing it by his dad yeah <laughs> and then what does dio do yeah he kills the damn dog he kills he kills D- danny the dog i i i did not need that no and then after all of this miles i'm just like what am i watching here what happens i hear so a the, very familiar tune oh <laughs> the end credits theme song is not a j-pop song it is not a j-rock song it is the song roundabout by the band yes <laughs> <laughs> i'll be around about that's the end credits theme what is happening right now what is going on yeah it's 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 wild and the entire time i'm watching this i'm like why is this working for me like how did you take this kind of uh victorian drama dress it up in an anime like an 80s anime style and just stuff it with steroids and it works yeah, <laughs> like it works that, that, and that was my the biggest surprise for me and then the second episode starts it's seven years later and jojo and dio are playing are they playing rugby they're playing rugby um and they seem to be like chums because they're, they're on the same team and the the announcer is like, oh, these two work like, you know, brothers and da da da. And, and I'm just like, what is going on? And they yeah, they, there was they something leave that, this on for a little bit until oh, we get that internal no, monologue. Well, so, so this is what I love about the show. They give us about two minutes of this rugby match where they are like brothers and they're friends and they're like yeah and they do this big big high five after they win the rugby match which is the final match of the season as they're both graduating from school and and like jojo is he's got four dudes on him that are trying to take him down and he's still moving but he sees dio's open and he throws the ball to dio and dio runs it through and they're like Ah, uh, great run, Dio. You, you, your speed has has never been matched. He's like, ah, but I never could have done it if you hadn't held them all off. Yeah. And then two seconds after this, two seconds, <laughs> we get two internal monologues from both of them that reveal that both of them still hate the other one, and they're just putting out a show. It's ridiculous, and I love it 
so much. I love I, it. Because I, I remember, I, I, uh, let me make sure it's uh, okay to, because uh, I was messaging Drew as I was watching this. <laughs> and oh, where, where, where is this? Um, <laughs> I just said, second episode starts and I'm very confused. And then two minutes later, Ah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 wild. Like it's I lo- so I, I, wild. And, and Drew, you said I, that you love how flat out honest this show is, and and I do too. There's no pretense of like, oh, we're trying to trick you, the viewer. You you are omniscient. You see everything. You just get to watch how this plays out. We're not trying to trick you with the drama. We are just showing you every facet of it. And I, and for whatever reason, this entirely works despite the fact that some characters make some really dumb decisions that defy logic to me because jojo is not the smartest person no joe jojo's an idiot um so in this episode we 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 find out that papa jojo is very ill and it comes to the attention of jojo because he finds this old letter that Dio's father had written to um, Papa Joe Star about his symptoms, that he was dying and he wanted him to take care of Dio as his boon for saving his life. And Jojo reads this and realizes, well, these symptoms sound pretty familiar. And who's been taking up father's medicine every night? Hmm. It was Dio so the whole time. All the, all the <laughs> pretense of being friendly for the last seven years is just literally just thrown out the window. It's gone. Gone. Immediately. It's I'm just I'm and I'm I am flabbergasted by some of the choices this show's basically. It just goes for it. There's no and, rollout. It's like, nah, we're done. And, 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 and I also love just the random stuff that they just mention offhand. Like, not only is Dio super intelligent at the top of his class, but Jojo has like all of these, uh, all of these uh, cool new theories about archaeology and all of these things that they just, they never, pr- they just tell you, hey, no, Jojo's really good at archaeology. So when he knows things about archaeology, you just have to know that it's because he's really good at archaeology. Okay, cool. We got it. We're on the same page. Yeah. And what's very funny about this whole situation is Jojo's like, I'm going to go prove that you're poisoning father. Hey, no one is looking after my dad except these approved doctors. And then futzes off to London. Now, old London town. Drew. Miles. If you were in a massive mansion with your ailing father and a super strong, super smart, super evil person who you knew, in fact, was trying to murder your father, would you just leave them there? But but this is where it doesn't matter, Miles, because. The whole it matters. (laughs) The whole point of it is that like Jojo goes to London because he knows that Dio is from London and the only place that he could have gotten the poison is from there. No, I understand but, that. Yeah, I get that. But also, Dio follows him to try to kill him in London. So it doesn't even matter. He, he does. He does. <laughs> but I'm just talking about 
Jojo being an idiot because we also get introduced to one of my favorite characters so far. Well, so, well, so, Robert well, well, E.O. Oh, Speedwagon. Okay. I was going to say, I wanted to save Speedwagon for it because we need to talk about the stone mask at this point. Um, well, that's going to come into uh, into into play in a little bit. Jo- Jojo like, has know- been studying it. Um, yes, because he knew that it was his mother's, I believe it, w- it was. It was in his mother's collection. And when when at the end of, of episode one, when Jojo mm-hmm. and Dio are fighting, Dio's blood gets on it or Jojo's blood gets on it. I forget whose blood gets on it. And these spikes come out of the back of it. And Dio is planning to use this stone mask to kill Jojo. And that's why. So he's taking it with him to London and all of that. Meanwhile, in London, on Ogre Street, uh, Jojo is accosted by three men led by Robert E.O. Speedwagon, REO Speedwagon. They just call him Speedwagon. I I love it so much. I certainly love it more than I love REO Speedwagon. I, Um, I I'm so I'm so into this show, Miles. I'm so into this show. <laughs> it's it's phenomenal. And uh, <laughs> this is a character who is a part of this street gang that tries to kill Jojo. And they are so or Speedwagon is so overcome with his morality that because so so jojo easily overpowers them in the fight a speedwagon tries to use this razor blade hat a la like a peaky blinder or a an odd job from james bond so yeah it's a combination of the two (laughs) and uh and and throws it at jojo and jojo survives the attack and does not kill him or his two cohorts that are trying to kill him he just leaves them alive and we learn that Speedwagon has trained himself to to be able to sniff out the good people from the bad people, because, you know, you have to be able to do that when you live in the in the in the dark streets like he does and just suddenly decides, no, this fight's over. This man is honorable and good. And not only are we not going to kill him, we're going to start following him around and being best friends with him. <laughs> Yeah, and and I I I love this so much. And we didn't uh, mention so John and Joe Star Jojo is voiced by Johnny Young Bosch from. I mean, Johnny Young Bosch has made himself a a very respectable anime career as a voice actor. Yeah, he was, uh, uh, but Bash he will forever be known. Trigun. He was. Uh... He was uh, in something recently that we just watched. He, he's too. been in many, many things, oh, and he ton, was supposed to be in Greenville last weekend, but he had a family emergency because um, I was very excited to meet him. He was also uh, Adam Park, the second Black Ranger in the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And then our our good buddy, Dio Brando, is played by Patrick Seitz. And Patrick was in something that you love very much. Do you know what it is off the top of your head? I don't off the top of my head. I didn't do this. He's uh, JP in Redline. Oh, that's why the voice is so familiar. Ah. Um, he's he's also been in a lot of oh, stuff. Yeah. I'm but sure, I mean, that uh, one's... Uh, uh, everybody in this, like Irina that, that we talked about, she's Fujiko in uh, the Loop in the Third stuff. She's... Uh, 
she's uh uh kawakami the teacher in persona 5 like these are some working actors oh like, yeah no i mean every everyone in this show is is an anime actor but i what i saw i mean johnny on bosch like for, I mean, forever will always my first thought will be oh he's adam park even though the the man has had such an incredible career in voice acting and then patrick cites because we did Redline last year for anime and became one of drew's favorite movies in fact we did a separate podcast about it with our friend tv's travis on what you haven't seen I, I knew you would be tickled to death that uh, JP continues to to uh, shine his light on the anime world. Well, well I mean, uh, Speedwagon is voiced by the guy who voiced uh, Full Frontal in uh, Gundam Unicorn and is the voice of Shar Aznable in Gundam The Origins dub. Oh, cool. Um, I had I haven't I still haven't seen The Origin. Um, I feel like you told me not to. I can't remember. I, why. I didn't tell you not to because it's really good. I I think I, I what I tell people is don't start with the origin, even though origin. Oh, okay. I mean, I've seen the other. You've stuff, seen the original but... series, so that's not going to matter for you. But origin is one of those things that it. There are references that, like the prequel trilogy, and everyone watched the prequel trilogy in Star Wars before the original trilogy because. Yeah, yeah, they reference stuff from the original trilogy in a way that's like, oh, look at this. Uh, Origin does that. Um, but anyway, well, and the funny thing is, he's also in Redline. Oh, I'm sure he is. These, th- I'm sure these are all the same studio that that are doing all this stuff. But uh, anyway, t- so back to episode two. We're only episode two. <laughs> There's well, so the, the, much the other two this. really go together. They do. Um, they do pretty, so, pretty well. But th- these these two just had such a cool like because they, they were both different. And this it got into something that I traditionally, you know, because this is a, a an odd this Jojo has a reputation of being ongoing because the the manga is still going and the anime, as far as I understand, is still going. Is it not? I think the last uh, the last season was in. 2001 um or not 2001 2021 yeah the uh, season well, five that makes sense covid happened so i, yeah, I can see season five literally first aired december 1st of 2021 it may still be going right now and i just don't know uh because the last aired episode is called is tba on wikipedia so um Oh, no. The, 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 so the most recent Actually, episode in Japan aired uh, March 26, 2022. Yeah. So it's it's still still very much ongoing. So and as as you know, my big thing is that kind of shonen, ongoing, never ending kind of soap opera sort sort of stuff. Just it does turn me off a little bit, mostly because I don't want that to be my entire anime consumption. And for a lot of shows that were being released um yeah on tsunami or into like american television were shows like that and what's so wild to me is that this show in some ways is indicative of everything that i do not want in an anime and somehow and is a show that i love and adore so much after four episodes i love that it is kind of a uh, you know what I'm going to call it like an anime dark shadows for me. Well, 
it's anime dark shadows because of the next scene that happens well, well there's that too, old london but, town <laughs> but, but the thing was dark shadows went on for like 100 episodes before they even introduced a vampire so really? like or probably probably i think maybe 300 I never, episodes see, i never like watched that. the old dark shadows show that's well you know that's this is giving me an idea for a whole uh, other... that could be fun um but that could be a dangerous road to go down yeah. um but i like well, where your head's at we'll talk about that but this so i'm I am super into the fact that the, the four episodes we watched are not an entire arc. We watched four parts of a serialized story, not unlike last week's Inuyasha, but unlike Inuyasha, I was just I I didn't want this to end. I, I just they they cram. They also just cram a ton of story into these episodes. It's, it's, it's because subtlety and nuance are out the windows. It, it, you are just getting pure uncut just story yeah there is always someone talking on screen in these episodes uh so i gotta say and then we'll get into the the last two episodes because the last two episodes kind of kind of are together i think that one through three follow one sort of starting arc and then four starts the rest of the story (sighs) but uh, i i i mean i can i can i can see that i don't necessarily agree um but I, I, I see what you're saying. So Dio has come to, to old London town uh, to, to put the stone mask on Jojo and kill him. He uh, gets accosted by a couple of, of, of drunkards on the street. And because they remind him of his father, he picks a fight with them, kills one and throws the mask on the other one which gets doused in blood and the spikes come out of the back of the mask and seemingly kill this dude. And he's like, ha ha. Yes. Excellent. But then the guy starts moving and he gets up and now he's got fangs and he attacks Dio and Dio is about to get killed because the dude stuck his fingers into his neck and he's like sucking his essence out. And all of a sudden the sun rises and this dude disintegrates into dust. Yes. The mask is not a murder machine. The mask makes vampires. <laughs> mm-hmm. ah! And I really like this take on vampires. It's it's half traditional and half. I'm going to do whatever I feel like as a storyteller. And you know what? I respect the hustle. Yeah. So episode three begins shortly after this. Dio has returned to the Joe Star estate. Jonathan is already there revealing to Dio that he has found the poison. He has given his father the antidote and all of the police (laughs) are there to, to arrest him. Uh, Dio picks a fight and is quickly cut down uh, by, by all of these folks, but the mask is also there. Dio stands up he's now a vampire no wonder he's no wonder he's in so much of this show because he's an immortal vampire and he rips apart the cops the the show gets real bloody it gets it gets it gets pretty cool there's some cool fight scenes and there's some great fight scenes honestly yeah and this this episode just becomes an all-out battle between jojo and dio as Dio keeps healing from whatever Jojo's doing. 
Jojo is getting like stabbed in the shoulder, but still going on. His muscles are getting bigger as he does it. He's looking totally jacked and Dio's looking totally jacked. It's just these two jacked dudes fighting in this fire and, 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 uh, Speedwagon's there too, to just be the narrator of what's going on. <laughs> Cause he breaks his arm in the first five seconds of the fight. <laughs> and and I, I, I love Speedwagon. I so love, much. I love Speedwagon. He's <laughs> Ah, I love this show, Miles. I can't believe how much I like this show. I cannot believe it. Anyway, um, so so the the Speedwagon realizes that JoJo's plan is to get to the roof. He knows that the longer the fire burns, the hotter it is. Which I don't know the I don't know the physics behind that, but you know whatever. And and JoJo's idea is that he's going to collapse the house in with him and Dio so that Dio cannot regenerate and dies and almost fails to do this. But then at the end, pulls it off. Uh, and in a true Jojo fashion, uh, knocks Dio onto the statue of the, 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 that that's the Joe, the Joe star family statue in the middle of the foyer. <laughs> and that's where Dio is pinned. And Jojo, for some reason gets thrown out of the house at this point. I don't really understand how that works. Uh, the battle is over. Dio is dead. The Joe star estate is destroyed. No one will know what happened there except for Jonathan and Speedwagon, And they walk off into the sunset to, to start their new lives. Only then, of course, what happens, Miles? But wait, in the shadows, you see two dark glowing eyes and a fist pop out. And. So, of course, Dio is alive. Dio is is certainly not dead. And that's and that's really like if we had just watched that, I'd have been like, all right, awesome. The show rules. The show totally rules. I'm way into it. And then episode four starts. <laughs> and it gets even cooler. First of all, we we get introduced. Well, so we get reintroduced to uh, Arena because she is helping Jojo heal. And she's been watching over him consistently. So much so that like her fingers are like raw from dipping them in the water to cool his burns. Because she has been nonstop by his side. So she, you find out she, that she still holds this candle for for Mr. Jojo. She faints and Jojo reaches out with his giant broken arm and grabs her to, to save her from falling. And it's like, all right, all right, cool. <laughs> Meanwhile, and then as they're walking, we get introduced to our newest musical character. Will. Antonio Zappelli. Who was very clearly named after Led Zeppelin. <laughs> he is this, he is this, uh, I guess, Italian guy. I'm not exactly sure. He wears this weird checker checkerboard hat and he has this ability. He's like jumping around and he's doing things. And he introduces uh, Jojo to the concept of Hamon. Uh, sometimes called uh, translated as ripple uh, in the the actual translation, but they consider they keep calling it Hamon in this this way of energy uh, manipulation that Jojo it clearly has an aptitude for, but he doesn't. He of course has never been trained in it, uh, 
Uh, and and that is what Zapelli, who is after the stone mask uh, that that turned Dio into a vampire, having his own sad backstory relating to the mask uh, and is going to teach Jojo how to use Hamon to fight, uh, to fight the vampires, to fight Dio and destroy them. <laughs> but meanwhile, Miles, it's the late 1800s England. Yep. We're in old London town with vampire Dio. We are. Who do you think Dio uh, Dio recruits to join his little little, little vampire crew? Oh, smiling Jack, the leather apron himself. Jack, Jack the Ripper. The Ripper. <laughs> Who looks like a total goober. He looks like a goober. He gets knives sticking out of him. It's so wild. I like I'm not uh, gonna lie. My my typical love of of depiction of Jack the Ripper is kind of the slender coat hat, never see his face, like mysterious figure. And popular media the last twenty five years have just like done away with that completely. <laughs> no, they they do not mess around. Like this this dude is just like you see him literally have a bloodthirst where he kills and then gets inside the dead body of a horse and just kind of wiggles yeah, around he is, so the one thing that i was unclear on at first was that when dio changes someone he doesn't turn them into vampires he turns them into, into zombies yeah or it, a of zombie yeah it, it, it's 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 a it's a take on zombies we don't see we, we have not yet seen one of these in the light to know whether they are resistant to light we know that vampires are not um but the zombies seem to still have a need for blood and flesh in the way that that a vampire has a need for blood so there's kind of a it's a little it's a little wishy-washy um but uh but but yeah we have just a great fight scene and you've got you've got speedwagon uh zapelli and and jojo in this in this fight in these catacombs in under a a, a tunnel under a mountain and and zapelli is just showing up jack the ripper whilst not spilling a single drop of his wine and he gives the wine to jojo he's like you're gonna finish <sighs> I this i love that because like if if you uh spill a single drop i will just disappear yeah i i mean it's such a shonen nonsense thing but i love it, it. Is. i love it though god because it teaches jojo a lesson because he jojo sees the wine ripple in the same way that that Zapelli's uh, abilities rippled in the water when he showed him earlier. And he realizes, Oh, this is how I can beat him. And he just, he, he beats, he beats Jack the Ripper in one punch uh, through a wall that the wall is not damaged, but the force goes through the wall. I don't know. It's really cool. And I'm, I'm happy to see it. I cannot wait to watch more of this show. Miles, this show ruled. <laughs> It does. And it does so many things that I feel like I don't like in what is stereotypical in anime. But I think part of it is and and this could just be me is I feel like. If we got consistently more anime on networks like Cartoon Network, and I understand that they, they need to buy shows that they can air for a while, not just a 13 episode 
slice of life series that's going to please one person in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, <laughs> yes. But I feel like if there's a more variety in the kind of anime that we had gotten in the early 2000s when I was watching more anime or trying to watch more anime and having to go to Best Buy or Suncoast or the comic book shop to find different things that weren't on TV, I think I would be more inclined to give shows like this a shot more often if that wasn't the only flavor we were getting at a certain time. And I think that's why I have this kind of hang up about, I'm sure I'm not going to like this. Mm. I mean, at the same time, I say that, but like, you know, I still was talking about how I didn't connect with Inuyasha because of its style and storytelling. But that's not Inuyasha's fault. I also saw why it was popular and why Cartoon Network played it for so long. But with this one, I, I immediately was like, this is not for me. A hundred percent. It is a highlight of everything that I dislike about anime and in some ways it is but it's like hey what if those things you dislike about anime are done to the nth degree really well and in a way in a way that is absolutely shameless knows it's absolutely shameless and begs you to have fun in that shamelessness have fun in the shamelessness that is a phrase i've been i've been trying to figure out because i was talking to, to my wife about this and she's like you're sure you like this show? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah I do. It, it's wild. I can't, I can't explain it. And, and it's a show because I, I, you know, we, we talk to a lot of people who are much younger than us. And th this is a show that is very, very popular with people. People absolutely adore this show. And I was always like, huh, you know, I mean, people, we, this is a, a show that we had been challenged for. I'm pretty sure if we look at our email, there's been a challenge for this show uh, probably since 2014. I'm sure. Uh, we just we never got to it. And then I didn't really want to do it for a little bit. And because you see, because I mean, again, you look at the art to this show and if, and like I, I've I've seen art for the show and I'm like, I don't know. I'm going to like this. Yeah. And that, that was my thing. I mean, like I said, it was it's very Akira Toriyama meets Fist of the North Star. And I just did not expect to just fall in love with this show I, i'm i'm so into it and i want to keep going i'm looking at i'm looking at literally like a hundred and, <laughs> and, and I some think, on you know what you know what else about this because of the modern animation and i think there's a lot more uh, computer stuff involved but the the high use of color and the 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 blacks of the border of the characters and stuff are so defined in a way that a lot of anime kind of shies away from now. It's a lot thinner lines. Want us to look a little more realistic. This reminds me of Redline, actually, in its art palette, in its broad use of artistic lines. And so I think when we were watching some of those more surreal scenes of some of these fight scenes where everything's like purple and stuff, I, I feel like Redline really informed why i like this show well and, and and there's also like when whenever a character is like paused for a second as they're doing an internal monologue there's this like mosaic pattern that shows up on the mm -hmm. screen and it's like i thought i was gonna hate that because i've seen this pattern in still but images from the show. Like warhol kind of style it's like, so wild you know what it works man it works Ah yeah this this is this is a show that i just did not expect to love um i am very happy to be surprised by it and like i said i think that this takes things that i i typically would would shy away from and 
does it in a way because it's not that it does it any better. This the storytelling is very superficial, but it it knows that and it knows you know that. And it, it, it like, delights in that. Yes, it delights in the superficial nature. Like when when I hear Speedwagon commenting on the fight between Jojo and Dio in the Joestar mansion, I it it's not even like it's an internal monologue. It's just it's like a fight announcer for a for a a, a, a wrestling fight. Like it, it's it it's just telling you everything that's happening, even though you're watching it. You don't need the explanation, but it's just reveling in all of this stuff. I think. Well, OK, so like, you know how we were making a couple jokes uh, last week in this uh, week before about Adult Swim's adverti- uh, eventual advertising for Inuyasha. Uh, several years in, you would get the typical kind of tsunami kind of droney commercial thing, but then you'd get the Inuyasha, Kogome, Inuyasha, Kogome. And it was like a 30-second commercial of just that. <laughs> the show is not making that joke. Adult Swim is. JoJo would 100% make that <laughs> joke, would. and that's the difference to me. <laughs> Uh, this, uh, I mean, Miles, you said it, you said it best in our, in our private messages before we started, uh, recording, uh, today, this is the first surprise of the year. Good yeah. Lord. I can't believe how much I like this show. I really thought this was going to be a very, very different episode today. I thought we were going to be out here just, I thought we were going to be out here crapping on something that is beloved by so many people. And well, I, I mean, I, my, my, and, and I want to say that, that our intention was never, is never to crap on anything. Sure, like, sure, yes, totally, we totally, are totally. a little bit more critical in what we do now, but we're still coming from an objective standpoint. We're just a little bit more vocal about what doesn't work for us these days. Um, but I, I'm with you because I was like, oh, man, how am I going to do this? Because I am just going to absolutely hate everything. And the opposite happened. Yeah, I'm like, I'm a little iffy on this first episode. But by the first episode, by the end of that first episode, when that yes song started playing, I'm like, okay, wait, this, this, and then it just skyrockets. I am into it. I want to watch yeah. the show. I want to read the manga. <laughs> yeah, th- this is definitely this. one that I'm going to. Uh, I, I mean, maybe not as rapidly, but I'm definitely going to keep keep watching. I have every interest, uh, every intent to keep going and at some point in time and just kind of casually watch it. I love that. You know, was it five seasons are on Netflix? Um, this is a show that I feel like might might be for everybody. I think it's got a little something for everybody. And and I I feel weird saying that, but because it's one of those shows that is super popular, I feel like maybe I'm I I I I'm just late to the party. You know, I I came very very well not even fashionable. I just came late. And luckily there was enough snacks left that I can be like Oh, man, the food here was dank. (laughs) Uh, Jojo's Bizarre Adventure manga is on sale on Comixology right now. (laughs) Yeah, I think there's a couple of different like uh, compilation volumes. Like, I think they've they've made Phantom Blood like a like three volume set now. Yeah, it's Um, it's it's it's, like I wonder I I wonder because the style of this looks like it might be redone. I don't know. I can't. No, this looks like it. This looks like the 87 stuff. Oh, I'm. 
I'm going to be picking some of this. Yeah, stuff they've got up. some nice uh, Phantom Blood hardcovers out there that I might have to get a hold of. Oh, I can't believe uh, it. I, I'm. Oh, Miles, what have we done? What have we done? Yeah, we we have <laughs> we have definitely. Uh, of course, volume one physically is out of print. It's less um, than ten dollars on Comixology. So, yeah. Oh, well, the wild thing is like th- volume uh, two and three are pretty easy to get for whatever reason. What volume one is just bye bye. But yeah, the, this 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 show is just an absolute joy. I am so excited that we that we watched it. I'm excited to eventually continue on with it. And I mean, it's a classic lesson. Don't judge a book by its cover because yeah. I have certainly learned that with this. Yeah, I, oh man, cannot believe that I am saying the words that I've said. I loved JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I did too. I, I can't believe it. I'm now interested in the PS5 fighting game they're about to come out with. <laughs> like, I'm just, what is going on? Um. And let's hope that the same is true for next week. Miles, what are we talking about next week? So next week, we are talking about One Punch Man. And this is another one that has taken over, I feel like, anime by storm. It's become a fan favorite from i mean i remember alex DeCampi telling us that we needed to watch it yeah uh, or, or maybe it was back when there was just the, just the manga that we need to read it but i this is a show that is from what i i have come to understand a a japanese anime slash manga take on the american superhero and deconstructing that and i am really interested to see where that goes same like the whole premise i believe is that <laughs> the guy uh, wants to uh, doesn't want to to lose a fight. So he trains hard enough so that he can beat anybody with one punch just because he wants to like over level like you do in a in a in a, a game. And I, right. I love that whole concept. Yeah, it's it's the absolute. I, I yeah, it's a very very cool concept, and I'm I'm really excited to watch it because this is this is one that I've I've actually meant to watch. It's one that I thought sounded interesting and something that I was glad to get popular because I I know I've sounded like a broken record about not liking some popular anime, but that's not I mean it's not that I'm against popular anime. I have a Full Metal Alchemist tattoo. We talked for two months, three months about Cowboy Bebop. I you know. I've got plenty of popular anime. It's just that some of the stuff that got popular here just didn't connect with me. And so I'm really excited about utilizing what what has been anime and what will be anime next year. But is this year (laughs) anime April utilizing this to give stuff a shot that I had neglected? Yeah. I, I'm I'm so glad about this. I, I just wish I had more time to dedicate to watching all of this stuff. Me oh too. my gosh. Ah, time. Um, but with that said, this is where we're going to end this week's episode. Sorry, I was a little distracted there. I was buying a, a manga on uh, a comicsology. Um, 
and my password wasn't working. So, uh, you know, <laughs> I bought the Jojo volume one. Uh, so here we go. Uh, with that said, uh, if you would like to reach out to us, you can find us at themoreunerd.com where you can find this episode and all of our past episodes going back 10 plus years. You can email tweet to us at the more you nerd. You can uh, go to facebook.com slash the more you nerd and you can email us the more you nerd at gmail.com that's the more you nerd at gmail.com in the meantime gang we end this show as we always do with a rousing nerd, nerd. out, out.